the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rescuers radio show. It airs every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 and 1360.com. And if you want to hear all the shows that have been produced for the Rescuers radio show, you go to our website, rescuersradioshow.org. And you'll find them all on podcast. Once they have aired on uh, on Faith Talk Radio, they turn into the podcast. So, uh, gosh, I'm so uh, great with, with my my guest today. <laughs> um, uh, oh, I have, I forgot one thing. This is a listener supported show, and if you care to do that, uh, you'll find out how to do that through the website as well. But um, this is like deja vu in a way. <laughs> uh, this gentleman sitting across the table here in the uh, in the studio used to be. Uh, we used to work together in radio up in uh, Kingman, K Triple A and K Triple Z, many years ago. <laughs> yes, nineteen eighty-two is when I started. <laughs> uh, here we are, and here we are under yes. very very different circumstances. Uh, but my guest is Glenn Jordan, uh, general manager and owner of All American Eyeglass Repair, and um, and we're going to talk to him not only about what he does for vocation, but we're going to dive deeply into your background. Tell us uh, how do you got to this part in your life? Um, our, our audience has never met you, and they'd like to know a little bit more about you. Sure, I was as you mentioned, you were my first boss uh, working in radio <laughs> hired me in uh, in Kingman in 1982 at what uh, um, you know 20 years old in that time frame um, and worked in radio for about 10 years um, and then had kind of gotten in a relationship that I knew was going to be very serious and I thought you know am I going to be bouncing around in my career had an opportunity to get involved in a, a startup business that was only a couple years old which was an eyeglass repair business and at that point, I thought, you know, I, I can always go back into that field if I want to. Let's reach out and see if this works. And um, I've been involved in that now uh, since 1991, and it's, it's worked out very well in my life. <laughs> Excellent. And um, so, and then, then of course, I, I moved to Phoenix in 1989 and became CEO of the State Broadcast Association. So our, 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 our paths did not cross for a while. Um, but here we are, and who could have guessed why we're here? Uh, so, Glenn, uh, you know, you know, you you were very active in all sports. 
and uh, as a sportscaster as well, and 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 very athletic. Um, something happened in August of 2021. Let's begin there, and we're just going to talk about the whole thing. Sure. It was August 26th, 2021, and um, our business is open from 10 a.m. until 6 p.m., and then you'll get to the point here in a few minutes, you'll know why my voice doesn't project as well okay. as it should. Um, and I got to work that day. Um, our business had expanded to the point where we were doing a lot of mail and eyeglass repair for people who lived in areas where they didn't have that service. Many would be on the East Coast. So it was not out of the ordinary for me to go to work early. Yeah. I'd go to work a couple hours early sometimes to help people who were on the East Coast and answer emails and phone calls. And at 9.23... That morning, um, Chandler Sunset Plaza literally exploded. There was an underground gas leak that eventually came out to be the reason for it. And um, a lot of people know that that building on the West End uh, exploded. And uh, I ended up in the hospital with uh, second and third degree burns over 40% of my body. Wow. Was uh, immediately placed in an induced coma, which you find out later why yeah. they do that. So I essentially woke up 26 days later. Um, wrapped up, uh, wondering what in the world had happened. Yeah, and and at that point, you really didn't know. You didn't. Have, you, but but right. But uh, it took out other offices. It did. And you happened to be in the firing zone uh, for the exposure explosion. Um, so uh, you woke up in the burn center where you had already been for how long? When I was. It was uh, September 20th when I was now alert and now out of the ICU and in rooms. So a month afterwards. It was about yeah. a month afterwards. It was, yeah. you know, it, it's it, it, it's strange. I mean, you have a dream sometimes or you you wake up and you want to see what happened last night. <laughs> oh, that's what happened with the ball game. Right? <laughs> I woke up and, you know, I literally, they, some people that were friends and family had told the doctors and nurses that I was a sports fan. My hands were wrapped up where I couldn't really use them at that point. So they put on ESPN. I look up at the TV, and they're showing football highlights. And I, one of the first things I see is, I'm a New York Giants fan. They looked up, and they said, and the New York Giants fall to 0-2 on the season. And I'm quickly pressing this button they have on my wrist, <laughs> calling the nurses, and I'm going, it's not football season. What's today's date? <laughs> and they're like, it's September 20th, oh and everything gosh. begins to process. I say that jokingly, but you're, you're, a month is gone. Yeah, You have missed everything, and now... You know, it even takes a couple of days to come out of that. It's, um, you know, when you have surgery, you come out of it in about 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you begin to get alert again. It took me a couple of days to still begin to get the cobwebs out. But I woke up and it was, we'd missed a month of life. And the pain factor must have been. It's extreme. But at that point, you're, you're on so much medication. Okay. You know, the goal for me was to minimize the medication you're on as time goes by. But you begin to, you know begin to learn to do everything over again. As I said, you, I had both hands and arms, head was wrapped. So uh, they said they had a little ball that was under my wrist that I was able to press onto the, the metal of the bed so I could call nurses because I couldn't use my fingers. Wow. And, and they had your head covered as well? I had some damage on my head, okay. back of the head, okay. um, and uh, neck from the burns, face and ears were mm-hmm. burned as well. Well, number one, we're fortunate to have the burn center here in Phoenix, Arizona, right? It's remarkable. That is the premier burn center in the Southwest. So as I learned yeah. uh, a while ago, they said if you would have been, this accident would have been in, you know, 
Yuma, Flagstaff, Albuquerque, you would have ended up here. The severity of my injuries to know that I was, what, 30 to 40 minutes away, depending on how long it took him to get there, played a huge role in in putting me in front of the individuals who were, you know, the leaders in their field to make sure that I had a better chance of surviving and, and healing. Yeah. If I remember... There's a firefighter that really played a, a good role in your life at that time, what, in, after, after the explosion. Martin Hernandez is part of a crew that was the first ones on the scene. And um, I got a chance to meet them on a couple of occasions, most recently, most recently at an event that we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, you know, to know that they are, you know, doctors and nurses are there to do what they do once you get to the hospital. But they're making split-second decisions yeah. uh, that they have to make that can help determine whether you're going to live or die once you get to the hospital. So, you know, sometimes they don't get a chance to see the end game. And it's been great to see the individuals who played that role. Yeah. And, and they, they, they've had to uh, stay in touch with you or or at least knew they were following your, your uh, progress, right? It, It was, it was interesting. I lived right next door to a Tempe fire chief. Oh, I didn't know that. So he, he was, him and his wife were fantastic in helping my wife, when I was in the hospital, yeah. and when I came out, I said, you know, Greg, can you put me in touch with the yeah. firemen and uh, the firefighters that were on that scene? And yeah. he said, you know what, I know everybody involved. I'll put this together for you so you can meet them. Yeah. I, I was really blessed because um, I got a call from a, a dear friend of, of ours, mm-hmm. uh, a newscast, uh, a radio guy in northern Arizona, and he found he learned what happened through the news, I guess. He called me. And I called Cindy, your wife, and we had we had a number of phone calls. Uh, you know, I I told her that I would. Yeah, I don't know what I can do, but I'm I'm there for you. And uh, she needed some comfort right then, and you know all of that. But but that played a big role in just being able to talk to her and 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 hear her panic and and you know what what because nobody knew what what the end game was going to be right correct and that that's do the do you think it was a life threatening situation yes yes i i I'm, i agree yeah i mean i was i i when i when i did come out and they told me you know that i was in room 1 yeah and they basically said the patients that are most serious they were like glenn you really scared us for a while and we had you in room one because the lower numbered rooms are the ones oh. where more the serious patients are so um math quickly tells you there's not much num- not too many numbers lower than one <laughs> you know but yeah. in all seriousness when you are in that induced coma for that time frame you know when you wake up and you know you're going to be okay your family has no idea on a day-to-day basis during those 26 days she doesn't know if she's going to wake up one morning and get no, a phone they call. They had no access, right? No. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't know if you're going to wake up one morning and get a phone call from the hospital saying he didn't make it. So, you know, people don't understand what your family goes through yeah. as it's a waiting game for them. Yep. Wow. So uh, continue on with this story as it, as it unfolded, unfolded for you. Sure. So, you know, once we were out of the woods there, it's 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 the small steps of getting better. Um you know, I remember my wife was able to tell me that she was able to talk to a bunch of friends going. She was she came home and she was sad because she said it took two nurses holding me up and a third one there to get me to get to the front door of the room and then get back to the bed. Wow. And then all my friends were like, he's walking. So they were all excited that, 
okay, we've reached this level that, okay, he's going to be okay. But that's where you are. Your whole body um, has shut down. You have to learn how to do everything again. I mean, you know, to take your fingers. I've had skin grafts on the back of my hands, which you can see from here, fingers, part of the palms, just to be able to learn how to take a toothpaste cap off, to then put a fork in your hand as they begin to give you solid food, which they have to make sure you can handle that first. So you're relearning aspects of your life that you take for granted. Yeah. So, um, gosh, and then, you know, nobody can understand this if, you know, going through it is in hearing you is something that we can't really understand because we weren't there. Correct. We, we, we're not the ones going through that. I can't even imagine the pain level uh, as you were coming out of maybe some of the narcotics or whatever they had with you, painkillers. There must have been a point that you were coming out and feeling pain. Um, you do the, the, They keep it neutralized. The, the reason they, they put you under for so long in that induced coma is the pain that's involved in doing the dressing changes. So from what I understand, yeah. it was two times a day, maybe three, I think my wife said, and it's three hours to change everything and clean you. Wow. Now, when I was, now when I was awake again, at that point, it was twice a day, it took about an hour and 45 minutes to, to two hours, but you have to remember they have to clean everything. So the scars you see, you know, you have staples up and down your arms and your head. We had over 160 that I that I had that they took out at one time. Staples? Yes. Wow. Um, so they have to clean you. So they have to sit you up. They administer the um, the medication so you don't feel that. So you're on enough pain medication at that point that you're you're just loopy at all times. My goal is to get off the pain medication. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was that was a goal I set when I got into the rehab facility. Um, I, I don't want to be on pain medication. Right. Right. Good for you. <laughs> yes, because that's. That, you know, when you're trying to go through physical therapy, you want to be alert and yeah. want to do it. You don't want to be lethargic. Right, right. So, um, and, that, and that, when you got into that phase, that was outside of the burn center? It was. So I was in the burn center for 40 days, then you went to a, a 10-day rehab. It was going to be 10 to 14. I was in there for 10 at Encompass Health in Mesa. And my the main part of my story there is two things that were great is I met me with the pharmacist and they were saying, what, you know, and the staff, they said, what's your goal? I said, one of them is to leave here on no pain medication. And they said, you know, we don't know if that's realistic, but thank you for letting you know that your goal is so we can work toward that to wean you down yeah. through these 10 days. And I did leave. The pharmacist came in the last day, 11.05 a.m. He put the paper on the table and he goes, I wasn't sure if this was possible, but here's what you need. One multivitamin every day. And I was like, we're good. I can handle this from here. Wow, that's a, that's a, that's an extreme answer, though, right? Yes. And um, so, you know, before so pre explosion, right? Uh, being being who you are, you were working out hard. You you were athletic. That had to play into your favor, though. I I would think, right? Eventually, it, it does. They were they had said, you know, individuals could come in here, yeah. and it, it really is is a great message for for anybody. Yeah. Um, if you're going to go something traumatic physically that your body has to overcome, the better shape that you are in. I'm not saying you have to be a. I'm, I'm still the sports stuff you talk about is great. It's a weekend warrior type of stuff that you enjoy doing. Yeah. You know that's why I tell people. I said. I'm not, you know, we're not a world-class athlete with hired nutritionists and personal trainers, but you don't have to be an elite 
be in good shape because if yeah. you have to overcome something physically, yeah. your body needs to be able to fight off the infections. I mean, the things I heard about, I'm watching something on TV and my wife's like, I'll look at something. I go, ah, oh, sepsis. That sounds like a horrible thing. She goes, yeah, you had that. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't want to tell you that. So your, your body goes through things they need to recover. You need to be in good physical shape. Take the time. Yeah. Even if it's walking, doing things that keep you yeah. in, in good shape to overcome something that may your body may need to fight off in, in a lot of stages of your life. Absolutely. A message for our audience. Uh, if you're just dialing in, if you came in late to this uh, episode of the Rescuers Radio Show, my guest is Glenn Jordan of All Eyeglass Repair. And um, and we're talking about the explosion in Chandler. Correct. Uh, back in 2021, 2021, right? And... Um, and unfold, you know, unfolding all of his progress to this point. So uh, you were, you were really, uh, you, you couldn't jump right back in and do what you had been doing in the gym, but progress. Uh, so tell us about getting back into the shape the, to ultimately take you to the um, raise the bar. We're going to talk about sure. that, but how did we be even begin? Because your body has been torn down. Let's start there and move, move it forward. Sure. So you, um, when I got into the uh, rehab facility, you know, they, the first thing they're doing is checking your weight. So I dropped down to 155 pounds from 175 range. You know, so you've lost 20 pounds. Um, and you're older in life. The accident occurs. I'm nearly 60. And... You've lost, muscle mass. You've lost muscle mass at that time. You're almost 60? No, I'm past 60 That's now. It. The accident happened. We were late 50s. Um, My wife asked me if I knew, and I said, I don't have, uh, I don't have a clue. So um, when I got into OT and PT, yeah. occupational therapy, physical therapy, they, they want to know what your goals are, what you want to do, but they have to rebuild your strength. So I told them I want to get back in to the Hub Fitness in Ahwatukee, which is a CrossFit gym that I'd been a member of for about eight years at that time. You were in CrossFit. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And um, they said, okay, it's great. We want to know what you need to do. My back was severely burned because I had on a, a dry fit shirt, so it stuck to my back. So my back was completely burned. Oh. Um, so it's very difficult when you're doing things that you reach for because yeah. your back has to stretch. And you have to reach down to try to tie your shoe, put a sock on. And they said, well, we'll start exercises for you. And the one gentleman said two things that'll be good for you. He said, I'm going to get you on a rowing machine because that's going to help expand the back and strengthen it. And the, the OT said, I'm going to get you to, he goes, let's get you to hang on the bar. He goes, have you ever done any pull-ups or anything like that? I said, I enjoy doing them. I said, I, I can do some. That'd be great. I said, I've done some on the side. I said, I've done as many as 16. It would be great if I could reach that number again. <laughs> he said, we'll get you there. And we started to work on that. And then they released me to go into, back in the CrossFit gym. So I get back into the hub. They were extremely welcoming and that's one thing you've got physical scars and you know people stare and look i walk in there they're hugging me glenn glad you're back my self-confidence just shot up because wow. no one judged me they were like get back in here do whatever you can do absolutely and so in 2022 i said let's jump on the row machine and start doing that so i said i'm going to set a goal to row 500,000 meters this year just on the side just to build stuff up me being competitive, I said, 
you know, I started to get in it. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this pretty well. So I set a few goals. I started looking online. I said, started rowing 500 meters and a few of them. And then I started to go online and see, let's see how I can rank. So <laughs> I got within the about 97th percentile in the world in a couple different categories. Wow. And like, All right, this is great. <laughs> 2023 hits. And I said, we're going to do a thousand pull-ups a month. You know, throughout the course of the, this of, is of your the idea. This is your my plan. idea. Okay. So January, we get to the end of May, and I'm keeping track at home, doing 50 one day, 60 the next. You know, five, six at a time, and I was over 5,000. And I go up to an event that the Arizona Burn Foundation puts on for youth burn victims that I'm going to volunteer for, called Camp Courage. It's a burn camp, and I work with children and just completely inspired about what they're able to overcome. As I said, I'm burned at age 58. You know, I can mentally now deal with um, how people are going to treat me in public. Children have so much peer pressure. It's very difficult for them. But to watch them just work with other children, work with counselors. And these are survivors. These are burned survivors as well who have been burned, you know, on 2% of their body or 60% of their body. And I was able to work with them on, uh, I was I was doing mountain biking with them. So it was a great involvement with the children. Now, at this time, mm-hmm. uh, you had a doctor uh, with the burn center working alongside of you by the name of Foster, Dr. Foster. What role did he play with you? Dr. Kevin Foster is the main doctor at Valley Wise. And, you know, he's the one I tell people he's the main reason to me that I'm sitting in front of you uh, right now. <laughs> Him and his staff are remarkable. Um, and what they do and their their knowledge and their ability. And he was going to join us here today. Um, he's been at the hospital all night, all morning with burn, uh, burn accidents last night. And that's what they do. And the moment's notice, they're working 24-7. They're always on call. They're always on call. Yeah, yeah. So their organization, they did a, a K2 climb that you're familiar with, <laughs> with um, Jason Nelson. and That's uh, an awesome group, by the it's way. It's an incredible group. I went to their I premiere. The show here. I, I I went to their premiere of their movie, and I saw what they did, and I kept that in the back of my mind. That helped motivate me. Keep moving. Keep pushing. Get better. Get stronger. You know, don't give up on your rehabilitation. And circle back to seeing Dr. Foster at the burn camp, and I came back home. I thought, i got to be able to do something to help raise awareness and, and raise money for this foundation, because that's a nonprofit. They work with families. They work with families who are who may have to come here from out of, out of state and stay in hotels. And I thought, something's going to happen. i, I got to do something to help you know, this organization throughout the course of the year. So all of a sudden, I just read something online. Uh, David Goggins, who's someone people are familiar with as a, a great motivator. Yeah. And I see him and someone else talking about doing pull-ups to raise money for charity. And I, the, the, literally, the light went on. I went, well, I'm doing some. So... Formulate this plan. I go to my gym owner and I go to, to uh, the Arizona Burn Foundation. I go, I want to do 2,000 pull-ups in 12 hours to raise money for the organization. And that's where it all started. And they were like, great idea. My gym owner goes, yeah, prove it to me that you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what gym owners do, and rightfully so. And we just started to build a program where I said, it's going to be called Raise Your Bar. Because that's what you have to do when you come back out. The doctors are there to do what they can to save your life. It's your job now to take that, put in the effort, be disciplined enough on your rehabilitation to get back to where you wanted to. You know, my guess is not everybody that comes out of the burn center has that attitude. 
I, I think you're right. And God bless you yes. for for thinking the way that you're thinking to not only get yourself back, but to to get work working with others. Uh, that's an awesome awesome way to see life, and you are, you approach that in a very positive way. I'm not sure everybody. Not everybody is cut out to do that. And maybe not everybody's cut out to do that. But I'll tell you what helps you get to that point is having a great foundation of yeah. positive support around you, yes. family, friends, the gym community. Yeah. I created layers of positive reinforcement and kept that very close. Yeah. That plays a big role. That's awesome. Like the firemen. Like the firemen. Yeah. And that, that whole department probably. Right. So, uh, well, we're in the last two minutes now, but get to the part to where we, you, we, you, you finally came over the hill to get this thing together. Sure. So the event was called Raise Your Bar. We, we talked to everybody and I said, we're going to train for it. So we just started training on a regular basis, just like you said, commitment, sometimes up at four o'clock in the morning. And I just increased my volume from doing, you know, an hour's worth. I got to the point I did eight hours worth. 1600 pull-ups we got the event put together we had a great turnout and on november 19th i did 2122 pull-ups in less than 12 hours past the book the goal we surpassed that was the whole idea (laughs) once you reach it keep going and we raised nearly forty thousand dollars for the arizona burn foundation which is going to raise an enormous amount of money and that money gets utilized for not only the youth burn victims but from people who need that um an ongoing basis for that foundation to help continue to thrive year after year. We're in our last uh, last minute here. Uh, if if somebody wanted to contact you or contact anyone involved in this, how do they do that? Sure. If someone wanted to, to contact me, um, we'll put my phone number on there as well because I'm not adverse to having that. Uh, 480-628-5330. I'll put you in touch with the Arizona Burn Foundation. They've been running it for 33 years. I've been in volunteer for a year and a half. They'll be able to tell you everything. Um, the money that's raised goes a long way, but uh, the foundation uh, runs it statewide. Awesome. Glenn Jordan, I'm, I'm pleased to, to announce that you are a rescuer, and and uh, God bless you for being on the show today. It's Thank you for a, the been time. It's been an honor. Thanks, Glenn. Thank you. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.